Chapter Six of the Wife of the Secretary of State. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Meilinger. The Wife of the Secretary of State by Ella Middleton Tybout. Chapter Six. Mrs. Redmond stood in the deserted ballrooms and waited for her husband. The sense of emptiness which follows in the wake of departed festivity pervaded the house. Withered roses drooped dejectedly, now and then letting fall petals brown and shrunken at the edges, while the footsteps of the servants sounded strange and unreal as they moved about in the distance, extinguishing lights and closing windows. The ball had been an unquestionable success, but the hostess was tired, as her pale cheeks and the violet shadows beneath her eyes testified indisputably. She had neglected no one. Even the most impossible girls had been provided for, and consequently gone home complacently reflecting that their charms had at last begun to be appreciated. Therefore she should have retired to well-earned repose, with a comfortable sense of duty well performed. On the contrary, however, Mrs. Redmond's eyes were widely opened, gazing abstractedly into space, and her breath came in little gasps through her parted lips. She had removed her gloves, and occasionally raised her hand to her throat, as though the weight of her necklace oppressed her. A scarcely perceptible sound caused her to turn towards the empty drawing-room, and start impulsively in that direction. Pausing suddenly, after taking a few steps, she stood irresolute, as though undecided whether to retreat or advance. Again from the next room came a muffled noise, as of a heavy piece of furniture carefully moved. Mrs. Redmond leaned forward listening intently, then walked quietly towards the communicating door, lifting her skirts carefully as they might not rustle. The large drawing-room was dimly lighted now, and at a casual glance appeared quite empty. Closer inspection, however, revealed a figure at the farther end, a man moving slowly, his head bent forward, as though the better examine every inch of floor surface he traversed. Occasionally he paused to shake out the folds of a curtain, or lift a cushion from a chair, and once or twice dropped hastily upon one knee, and carefully sifted a little heap of faded rose-leaves, or raised a corner of a rug and looked beneath it, then resumed his journey round the room. And Mrs. Redmond followed, step by step, down the long parlour, and through the little reception-room into the hall beyond, pausing when he paused, and noiselessly advancing when he resumed his line of march. Across the hall they went, still unobserved, into the library, and straight to the large mahogany desk used by the secretary when at home. Now it is difficult to distinguish objects when the light is dim, and it was therefore necessary to stoop closely over the various letters and papers in order to decipher them, and even to turn on the electric light, which stood upon the desk, thus producing an unexpectedly bright illumination. In an instant the searcher had adjusted the shade, but not before his profile had been distinctly vignetted against the dark wainscoted wall, plainly visible to the woman behind him, who, with a stifled gasp of surprised recognition, drew hastily back, folding the dark portiere about her white gown and standing motionless in the doorway, keenly observant of every detail. Evidently the quest was unsuccessful, for he extinguished the light and left the room, passing so close to Mrs. Redmond that his shoulder stirred the sheltering portiere and almost touched her arm. And she stood erect and motionless, making no sound nor effort to detain him, while the color gradually turned to her cheeks and her eyes shone with repressed excitement. 
the latch of the front door clicked softly and a breath of cool air stirred the heavy atmosphere of the deserted hall james said the secretary's voice from the stairs you may put out the lights and go to bed the house can be set to rights in the morning the tensity of mrs redmond's attitude relaxed suddenly as with an exclamation of relief she released the portiere and started into the hall to meet her husband poor dear she said sympathetically extending both hands in greeting how tired you look come into the dining-room and forage i know you haven't eaten a morsel and neither have i and i'm starving positively starving the secretary laughed and allowed himself to be gently pulled into the direction of the dining-room where the light still burned and glass and silver glittered invitingly sit down said mrs redmond relinquishing his hands and pulling up a chair and i'll get you something oh yes john let me i love so to do it and you know it will taste better than if a waiter brings it see here is salad and wine and some of those nice crispy little rolls wait she continued setting the plate before him don't be greedy john wait till i'm ready too she drew another chair close to her husband and tasted the salad critically the best part of the bowl she remarked conclusively is when we eat whatever we can find all by ourselves and talk it over i've been looking forward to this for hours and so have you now don't try to deny it i know you have you are irresistible to-night estelle returned the secretary fondly your opals are on fire child and so are your eyes the jewel at her throat glowed triumphantly as though in acknowledgment of this involuntary tribute to its beauty but a sudden mistiness clouded the blue eyes which darkened and softened as the secretary leaned forward taking her face between his hands and gazed earnestly into them i am very proud of my wife he said gently and the opal changed from red to blue fading cold and colorless in the shadow of his hands by the way he continued resuming his fork after a moment's silence i thought i heard the front door close just now did you notice who came in mrs redmond crumbled a bit of bread and swept the fragments into the little heap of the damask cloth it was mr length she replied quietly but he didn't come in john he went out End of chapter six